Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, indeed, come. Come. Come and inspire this time of reading your word, this time of proclaiming your word. And though some of the truth that we're learning about you is truth that we've heard before, I pray that it would soak in anew. That you would open our hearts, Holy Spirit, to know more about you. To trust your guiding more. To ask you to show us the way. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Move in us uh, and through us. We ask in Christ's holy name. Amen. So we've come to John chapter 14, and I want to read verses 15 to 18, and then we're going to move around uh, some in John's gospel and look at just this section of John's teaching about the Holy Spirit. Jesus in verse 15 said, "'If you love me, you will keep my commandments.'" And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Thanks be to God for his holy word. Amen. Well, I want to say at the outset that today is more of a teaching, I would say, certainly than preaching. Uh, This message is also a bit of a repeat for some of you who studied the Holy Spirit with us uh, about a couple years ago when we did an entire series on the Holy Spirit. Uh, But we've added some new folks, and I think it's important that you all know what we believe about the Holy Spirit. I think it's also important for all of us to have reminders about the work of the Holy Spirit. But as we come to this text, I think verse 16 is so very rich. And I think we need to look at it one phrase at a time. First phrase, and I will ask the Father. This phrase establishes Jesus as your intercessor. It establishes the truth that Jesus is praying for you. Jesus has just said in verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now Jesus is revealing one of the ways that he expresses his love for you, and that is that he is praying for all of us. Romans 8.34 makes it clear that Jesus is praying for us even now. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who's at the right hand of God. And what's he doing? He's interceding for us. He's praying for us even now. In our text, Jesus says he's specifically praying for another helper, uh, the one we know is the Holy Spirit, that, that he's praying that the Holy Spirit would come. And we also know that the Holy Spirit has a ministry of prayer for us. Romans 8 again, verse 26, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, even interceding in groans, too deep for words. That's a powerful prayer. That the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are praying for you and me right now. 
You know, sometimes, especially when I'm baffled, when I just don't know what to pray, and sometimes, honestly, I don't. Sometimes the, the need is so great, I don't have words for it. I often pray, Holy Spirit, pray for me. Jesus, pray for me. Holy Spirit, would, would you even pray in those groans that, that are, we can't even understand, that are too deep for words? Pray for me. I would urge you the next time you're baffled, that the next time you're hurt deeply, the next time you're so mournful that you do not have the words to pray, ask the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus to pray for you. That's what He wants to do. That's what He's doing. He's at the right hand of the Father. He and the Spirit are interceding for you even now. It's just powerful when you and I yield and we ask the Spirit to pray for us, to pray as He wills. And then the next phrase, he will give you another helper. The Holy Spirit's referred to as another helper, and I think that's a key description if we're going to understand the Holy Spirit. The noun helper is the Greek word parakletos, and it's such a rich word that no English word is sufficient. The word literally means one who's called alongside of another person, one who's called alongside of another but it has the connotation of helper and comforter and counselor, exhorter, intercessor, uh, an encourager, an advocate. The Holy Spirit is all of these. He's the very power of God working in us and through us and for us. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Which brings us to the adjective another. And this is key. You may read this and go, okay, another, so what? Well, Greek actually has two different words for another. There is the word heteros, which means another of a different kind. Heteros is used, for example, in Acts 7, verse 18, where it says, another king arose who did not know Joseph. And there, of course, another means one totally different than the previous king. And I've got a lot of this in the handout if you got one of those uh, as you came in. But there's also a word used here, the word used back in verse 16, which is allos, which means another of the exact same kind. Jesus is asking for another helper that's going to be just like him. Jesus was the original helper, but the Holy Spirit is the perfect substitute because he's just like Jesus. He's going to be able to do everything Jesus did, such as teach and strengthen and intercede and guide the disciples and us. If the Holy Spirit is another just like Jesus, then please don't call the Holy Spirit an it. He's not an it. He's a person. He's not an impersonal force or power. The, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The Bible is clear that the Holy Spirit possesses the attributes of a person. The Holy Spirit has intellect. 1 Corinthians 2.11, He knows the very thoughts of God. The Holy Spirit has emotions. Ephesians 4.30, you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit has a will. 1 Corinthians 12, 11, that He distributes gifts as He wills. The Holy Spirit does things that only a person can do. He teaches, He leads, He speaks, He convicts, He prays. The Holy Spirit's clearly a person. The Holy Spirit's also deity. The Holy Spirit's names make that clear. Matthew 3.16, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of God. Acts 16.7, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus. Matthew 28.19, the Holy Spirit's a part of the Trinitarian baptismal formula alongside God the Father and God the Son. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit has the attributes of God. The Holy Spirit is omniscient. He's all-knowing. The Holy Spirit's omnipresent. He's present everywhere. The Holy Spirit's omnipotent. He's all-powerful, as in He can create. The Holy Spirit does works that only God can do. We've already mentioned He creates. He inspires Scripture. He regenerates lost sinners. He sanctifies believers. The New Testament also unequivocally states that the Holy Spirit is God. In Acts 5, verse 3, Peter accuses Ananias of lying to the Holy Spirit. And then in the very next verse, he accuses Ananias of lying to God. They're one and the same. And if that's not enough, Paul declares in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Holy Spirit's divine. And then the next phrase, verse 16, the Holy Spirit is with us forever. That's how Jesus could make the promise in Matthew 28, 20, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. By the Holy Spirit, Jesus is with us. He never abandons us. Nothing can separate us from His love. The promise Jesus gives in John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you, is a promise for us. King David in Psalm 27, 10 said that your mother and father may forsake you, but the Lord will take you in. What a joy to know that by the Holy Spirit, the Lord is with us and he's with us always. He's with every believer. Peter, in his very first sermon, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. If you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've done so by the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, and you are born anew, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you and works through you. He will not leave you. So I want to just continue to look at, at John chapters 15 to 17, uh, just real briefly at what the Spirit does according to this text. Now, there's lots of other things that the Holy Spirit does, but we just want to look at a few that's here. Verse 17, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. Jesus repeats this title over and over again. John 15, 26, he calls the Helper the, the Spirit of Truth. In John 16, 13, when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. 
the Holy Spirit reveals spiritual truth to believers. And in particular, what Jesus is promising here is that he's going to reveal spiritual truth to his disciples such that they will write by the Holy Spirit's inspiration the New Testament. Just as God revealed the words of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the Holy Spirit will reveal the words of the New Testament. But there's a promise for us. The same Holy Spirit who inspired the words of the Bible also inspires us. The same Holy Spirit reveals truth to us. And I need to say right here, the Holy Spirit will not reveal to you truth that contradicts Scripture. That would be contradicting Himself, and God does not contradict Himself, period. And the practical application for you and I is that when we study God's Word, we ought to ask, Holy Spirit, please reveal your truth to me. You see, we're not going to find that truth by our own wisdom. We're going to find that truth by the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. That's why Jesus says in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all that I have said to you. Again, Jesus is saying to the, to the apostles, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you. The Holy Spirit's going to help you remember everything that I've taught you. And you're going to write them down in the words of the New Testament. But there's truth for us as well. If we ask the Holy Spirit, if we're open to the teaching of the Spirit, He's going to help us remember the words of Scripture. He's going to bring them to mind so that we can live in accordance with them. He's going to bring them to mind when we need them most, when we need assurance, when we need guidance. He's going to reveal the truth and He's going to show us what we should do. Now, whether we do it or not, that's a whole other matter. And that's where the next work of the Holy Spirit comes in. The Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin. John 16, uh, verses 7 to 8. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. There's a lot going on in this passage, much more than we have time to do today. But the overview is that the Holy Spirit is working to convict us of sin. He's revealing that we are not righteous and that ultimately we face judgment. And we tend to not be fans of conviction and judgment. And many people are continuing to ignore that a day of reckoning is coming. But there is good news in what the Holy Spirit does. Yes, the Holy Spirit on one hand works like a prosecuting attorney. He's, he's securing a, ver a verdict of guilty as charged. The Holy Spirit reveals to us that we have sinned. He reveals to us that we are guilty. He reveals to us that we face judgment. There's no way on our own that we can become righteous. But then here's what the Holy Spirit does. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit also reveals to us the solution. That we fall again upon the grace and the mercy of Jesus. 
The Holy Spirit does this at our conversion. The Holy Spirit convicts us and draws us to Jesus. The Holy Spirit in our conversion convicts us first and foremost of the sin of unbelief. But I believe the Holy Spirit keeps working in the lives of believers, convicting us and sanctifying us so that we become more like Christ. The Holy Spirit pricks our hearts. The Holy Spirit reveals our sin. The Holy Spirit shows us where you and I are unrighteous. The Holy Spirit convicts us of the need to fall again upon our knees and to trust in the mercy of Jesus. Did you know being convicted of sin is actually good news? It means you're in right standing with the Holy Spirit if He's working in your heart and convicting you of sin. It means the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. It's good news because it gives you and I an opportunity to grow. You see, we won't change unless we're first convicted that we need to change. We won't change unless we're convicted that something's wrong. The Holy Spirit's giving you and I, when we come under conviction, an opportunity to repent, to confess and turn to a new Holy Spirit-led, Christ-like way of living. The key is to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because here's what's happening for some of us. It's happening for all of us at some level. At the same time, the Holy Spirit's trying to convict you so that He can free you. Satan's trying to condemn you. He's trying to hold you in bondage. He's trying to keep you hopeless and condemned. The Holy Spirit will not condemn you. If you're a believer in Christ, the Holy Spirit will not condemn you. He will convict you but He will convict you so that you can change, so that you can repent, so that you can become a new person. The Holy Spirit convicts us so that He can deliver us from our sin. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. And because He's divine, He's the third person of the Trinity, He's the helper just like God the Son and God the Father. The Holy Spirit is always with us and He prays for us. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth, therefore He is sufficient. He is sufficient to be all the truth and a reliable teacher. The Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin, but He draws us so that we can change, so that we can repent. The Holy Spirit is working the sanctification process in our lives. He's ever changing us. So, beloved, I just want to urge you, don't ignore the work of the Holy Spirit. Be mindful that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Ask Him. Constantly ask the Holy Spirit to teach you the truth. And if you really want to be bold, ask Him to convict you of sin so that He can change your life. 
Ask the Holy Spirit to draw you into a closer union with God the Father and God the Son. And that's what we're going to look at next week when we're going to remember that Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And we need a closer union with Him. We were created. Keep this thought in mind as we go into next week. You and I were created for union with God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Created for union with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, there's a lot of information here, and we, we've just scratched the surface again on the work of the Holy Spirit as a reminder. And, and Lord, I know a teaching sermon like this probably brings so much information uh, that it's hard to take it in. I have to remind myself over and over again of who you are uh, each day, and I know others do as well. But remind us that we were created for union with you. We were created to be in a deep abiding relationship with you. Make us ever more mindful of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, Lord. I pray that even as we leave here today, that your Spirit would continue to speak to us. That your Spirit would somehow take my feeble efforts and do a mighty work. And change our hearts. Change our lives. Lord, if there's some sin that we need to be convicted of this day, I pray that you would do so. But not to condemn. Lord, I know you're not doing it for that reason. I pray that people would not leave with condemnation, but would leave with conviction and to know that you love them and you want to change life for them. Oh God, begin to change us this day. By your Spirit, do a mighty work in our hearts. Do more than we had hoped could happen today. Maybe there's some part of our life that we don't even have a clue about right now. Would you open our eyes to see? Holy Spirit, show us. Lead us. Inspire us. Reveal your truth to us. And sanctify us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, today and forevermore. Amen.